listening to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. Listeners, to a new show brought to you by the two marks. This time we are embarking on a vicarious journey of discovery through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hold on to your hats as we follow one person's experiences watching all 25 movies in chronological order. This time we are reviewing The Incredible Hulk. Welcome to the Marvel Marathon. Hulk Smash! Alright mate, calm down. Please let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. Hi mate. Hello! That was a very succinct introduction, by the way. You kind of ticked all the bases and covered them all off. You still haven't got the title of it right yet, because it's the Marvel Rewatch. Yeah. And I would probably take issue with the new reference, given that we're now four movies in. Is it still new? At what point does it stop being new? Latham Logic kicks in, and if you've ever heard it, it's the first time, isn't it? So therefore it's new. <laughs> so when people say, I've got myself a new car, but it's been out for five years, it's new to them. However, they might have bought it secondhand. Holy or- shit, that made sense. <laughs> Good job, Latham. Thank you. Or, or if I've had the car for 20 years, but it's the first time you've seen it, does that it's make a it a car? new car? Yeah, because I might say to you, have you got a new car? And you go, no, I've just washed it. <laughs> Which is exactly what I said to you before when we you were getting did. our coffee. Behind the scenes green, green room look, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes sense. Indeed. Should we introduce the, the star of the show? Let's not bother. Let's just crack on and see how we get on with that. Let's go an entire episode with not introducing. Let, let's introduce the brand new star of the show. <laughs> Mr. Mark Pollard. <laughs> Go on, you do it. Even that joke is new and, every time. Well, yeah, because I'm sure I did it last episode. You did. You did. Yeah, but if you're new to this show, you didn't hear enjoy it. Enjoy the lols. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Ishtar. Hiya. How are you doing? Amazing, as you, always. You are the star of this this sequence of shows. Even if Latham doesn't want me to be, but that's okay. He just loves me more. That's okay. That's all right, yeah. Um, so, uh, do, you, do you want to explain why you are the star of this show, this series? The Pretender to the Throne. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, well, tell I'll us the reason, though, first. <laughs> <laughs> I am watching all of the Marvel films for the first time in chronological order, having watched one of the uh, series, Loki. I'll just say it, because you probably would have heard it. Um, and looking, watching it in a very in-depth way that most people won't and thoroughly enjoying being nerded out by the two of you yeah so we're going through chronological order not release date order so so far we have done captain america the first avenger we've done captain marvel uh, we've done iron Iron man Man one and in this one we're doing the hulk (laughs) the incredible hulk (laughs) spoiler that's just an indication Yeah, this might be the shortest episode ever, probably. And we're going to keep doing it in chronological order. Ish will obviously be experiencing these for the first time, so we will get her enthusiasm and enthusiasm that I once shared um, when I first went through these films. Uh, Latham, who probably still had the enthusiasm when they first came out, but also had a huge well of in-depth knowledge, shall be sharing us said knowledge, uh, and I will be recycling a lot of the things that he told me first time round and trying to pass them off as my own this time round. And I'm going to be doing passing them off as my thing as well. Third time round. Yeah. I think it's also important for listeners to note that you two discounted 
this film as part of phase one. I, I did it because Pollard did it. <laughs> is that the? Is I can't that what believe I'm getting blamed that's, for that. That's the bit. That's the oh, god honest truth. Yeah, because he was like, no, no, not part of it, and I'm just following his lead. So this is all you. Well, having now watched, <laughs> having now watched it, I would reach the same conclusion. There you go. So he wasn't wrong. I mean, it is technically part. In fact, it's more part of the universe because in the spoilers, which we will come to at the end, there is a character who turns up who is very much part of the universe. Which was the major only highlight of the film. And General Thunderbolt Ross pops his head above the parapet again further down the line in the uh, future movies, which we won't go in just yet. Yeah. Uh, So there, there are elements of it which do pull through. However... They do seem to have gone to great lengths to ignore the existence of this film in any way, shape or form. This is technically like a Marvel adjacent, a bit like when Sean Connery was wheeled back to do a remake of a James Bond film, which was a remake of Thunderball. Never say never again. It was. It's not technically a Marvel. A Marvel. It's not technically a Marvel film. Well, definitely. It's definitely not a Marvel yeah, film. Well it's done. also not. Te- you are right, mate. Thank you for that for ten points. It's also not technically a James Bond movie because he was about 50 when he did it and so this spry young man at the time when he did Thunderball looked a bit old and it's aged badly apart from the fact it's aged badly I do love it though so anyway yes but it is actually phase one but because of rights and ownership it's not on Disney well yeah the fact that it's not on Disney and it was a pain in the ass to actually watch it did not help that's really stupid isn't it it's really annoying because Spider-Man is not well, that's not on Disney either. Is it not? No. Oh. So you're going to have exactly the same problem. Why, why would they not allow them to have it on Disney, given how much money Sony have made from the Spider-Man films that are part of this Marvel Universe? It seems utterly ludicrous that they don't have access to these films. Well, maybe because this marks... The, well, the new film that's not even out yet, that's out at Christmas, it marks the end of the contract that Tom Holland has with Sony slash Marvel. So it would make sense looking at what films are coming out in about a week's time that Sony are creating their own thing. That's another that's another deep conversation. However, it will explain why certain rights won't be on Disney. Now, we watched this film together, didn't we? Yeah. We did. Friends. Aww. Hulk friends. Hulk friends, yeah. Indeed. We all, we all pitched up in Latham's office. Got pizzas. Pizzas. It was delish. Uh, and sat, it, it bless him. He set it up like a proper little theatre. It was well, very cute, Latham. He put loads of effort in. It was and I, I, know he, I know he comes across on this as a proper bell end. But he is. And real. in fact, he is a proper <laughs> bell end. But every now and again, there is this little glint of humanity that oozes out ever slightly I'm sure it's by accident but it still happens yeah it's it's it creeps out like a like a dark passenger <laughs> like a like a symbiote it's like venom isn't it it just pops out going I will eat you all and I go no don't just get pizzas <laughs> so we we watched it here and uh yes perhaps we should get well I suppose before we get into it I should do some housekeeping shouldn't I yeah make sure your phones are off and the trays are in the upright positions <laughs> exits are here yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to those previous episodes that we have already mentioned about the Marvel rewatch then if you go to the two marks we're on all the major podcast platforms then you can go and subscribe and you'll be able to access all of those episodes and listen to them um you can check us out on social media we are on facebook instagram and twitter it's 
at the two marks. So we've got lots of funny stuff, including lots of videos of Latham, which have been posted without his express permission. I don't think he's even seen the last one. I haven't seen any. I never see any of these. I I live vicariously through you two. (laughs) I've got the best following, but don't even know. No, it's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So go and check them out. That's a meme right there. (laughs) I'll make sure it gets added. Go and check those out. Give us a follow. Uh, direct messages on there if you've got any comments or thoughts about the show, any questions, if you want to ask us something, if you have an opinion that differs from us, you can send us an email to the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Also, if you go to thepodstation.co.uk, you'll find the two marks channel. And as I said before, on all of the major podcast platforms, because we have done a plethora of other stuff, haven't we, Mr. Latham? Uh, yes, and more to come. So what kind of stuff is on there for people to enjoy? Okay, so if you take yourself over to the pod station, you'll find that there is stuff for Star Trek fans, specifically Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Uh, and we will be adding to those as the new seasons pop out, whenever that is. And along with, we're most likely going to do Brave New Worlds one as well, I imagine. Yeah, of course. Why not? Um, if you are... A bit of a film buff, you might want to have a listen to a film policy, which will be covering films and also specials. Uh, I think we covered El Camino, the spin-off of Breaking Bad. Uh, and then you've one... Suicide Squad. Well, there's loads on there, isn't there? And, there's uh, films and TV. At the point of this coming out, the James Bond one will be out. There will be, yes. So the James Bond, listen to that one. Listen to that one, because I think that will be interesting to see whether uh, Latham will self-implode. <laughs> we might not even have another episode after that. Let's see, but yeah, tune into that one. We've also got the Loki series, which is how Ishtar gagged in. Um, That was good. We enjoyed that, didn't we? We did. We thoroughly enjoyed that. And then there is a WandaVision one. So there's two parts to that. We've got to record the third one, third third and final one. There will be Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, We'll probably do a Book of Boba Fett that's out at Christmas. Yeah, we'll do some more Marvel ones. We've got Shang-Chi one. Shang-Chi's up there as well. There's loads, isn't there? So you can either go on those individual uh, uh, channels or just go to the two marks where actually it's all in one place, isn't it? It's easy, isn't it? Because can't they just subscribe? Yeah. Then it's that easy, isn't it? As I have done. How do you listen to yours? Uh, Apple Play yeah podcasting I'm Apple Podcasts as well so go Apple Woo! if they'd like to be a sponsor of the show two marks at the pod station your content <gasps> is great as an impartial person but you're on it now so technically not that my stuff you with you vague. guys but like your guys stuff is great yeah okay we've got a fan <laughs> boom it's so it, so it taken two years <laughs> We have a listener, people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so should we move on to this show? Yeah. Yeah. The show that isn't really part of the Marvel Universe, but is part of the Marvel Universe, uh, but quite frankly shouldn't be part of the Marvel Amen. Universe. Amen. Totally. Okay, Ish, let's start with you. Tell us what your thoughts are what about this film. What a shit film. <laughs> we came off the high of Iron Man. Exactly. We... <laughs> Say it how you mean it, Ish. <laughs> Hold it's, back. It's shit. I was so infused by I, Iron Man, as you will know if you listen to the podcast. And then, you know, I didn't have any preconceived ideas of the Hulk because I've never seen the Hulk. Obviously, I know that you don't like Edward Norton, so I was always oh, a, a bell end, isn't he? Yeah, he's we know that, and I know that. But you know, I was I was like, okay, let's just watch it. It was shit. <laughs> I can't tell you anything else. To the it was so shit. 
I didn't even write a lot of notes for this because... Well, you didn't write any. I've been doing something you got. <laughs> I'm loving Mental it. notes that I've taken from Pollard. But other and, than and that... The, and, and we all know how my note-taking goes. Oh, my word. Okay, well, if that's the case, that's, that's bad, isn't it? This episode's literally going to be 10 minutes as far as I'm concerned because it was just shit. And no, no humour. It didn't make... Like, the fact that they ran through the beginning of it very quickly. Shit, shit. Character shit. Shit, shit, shit. Well, there it is. We've got an 18 rating <laughs> for this episode. Yeah. Tune in if you've got a parent and guardian sitting in the room with you. <laughs> what, what did you think, Latham? I didn't mind it. Oh. No, but let me explain. And because I understand the constraints and restrictions when you don't own the property. So what you will have is what's going to foreshadow our James Bond podcast is when you have one person with a creative vision and another person steering it and those two don't marry up because Universal own the rights to the Hulk and it's a Marvel property. That's the reason why it's not on Disney. If it was on Disney, you both would have a different opinion. You might not, you might not still like the movie, but it would still be classed as phase one. And it still is. But that's because the Marvel Universe don't own the rights to the Hulk. In terms of date release order for this film... Did this come out the same year as Iron Man, which was the first one? And yeah. did it come out before or after Iron Man? It came out after Iron Man. Was it? Yeah, okay. Because it's, it's, it's part of Phase 1. Right. That's how Phase 1 works. No, but no, I, yeah. I'm trying to get the order in which it <coughs> yeah, came so out. Yeah, so it was, it, was, uh, it was Iron Man first, then it was the uh, Incredible Hulk, then it was Iron Man 2, then it was Winter Soldier, Thor, Avengers. Because I guess if I'm being charitable, it, it you could maybe argue that uh, this was right at the beginning of Marvel's adventures they've only done Iron Man so they're still finding the style of films that they're doing Uh, and uh, because they don't fully own the rights that perhaps weakens their ability to produce a film like Iron Man and therefore being charitable uh, that perhaps gives me a, a, a a minuscule amount of sympathy but by the same token the film was absolutely dog shit <laughs> I mean yeah I was, I was... In, in terms of chronological order it was it's what is known as Nick Fury's busiest week because all that happened in a week Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and the uh, Thor's Hammer all happened in a week well the Do first you? week would have been more fun than the second week <laughs> if, I'll if... say so, but as I say, I think that's why it's it's lost its strength in terms of, um, I suppose, watchability is because it wasn't being helmed by Marvel. The, 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 there wasn't any deals at that time because, if as Mark says, it was the second movie in that sort of style. So basically, Marvel were going to go bankrupt. Went to the bank and went, "We've got this idea for a, the, uh, a series of films. Iron Man's going to be the first one." And they went, "All right, we'll under we'll underwrite it." And then the second one was Incredible Hulk. They went to Universal. Universal went, yeah, can, you can use the character. We want some payoff, but we're going to produce it as well. Marvel had no creative control in, in so much as like they do now. And then Sony, fast forward to today, because Sony know they've got a good money-making uh, opportunity. They've allowed Marvel to write all it. And all Marvel do is say, you can do all the marketing. We'll make the movie. Yeah. And that's why, that's why Spider-Man... Because even if you look at the other Spider-Man movies, the um, Sam Raimi ones, they're not that great. And they get worse as they go on. And even the one with Andrew Garfield, that, they were quite good ones. 
but even then they started going a bit top heavy with villains they didn't learn from Batman or Batman Returns even too many villains spoil the broth that's that's my but adage everything that you love about the Marvel films was not present in this film what, so what is that what have you loved about the Marvel films up to this point that makes you say that the humour the unexpected twists and turns the fact that you can buy into the characters the strong female characters as we've mentioned in the previous podcasts um, the fact that you become invested in each of the characters I mean I don't care if Hulk I don't ever see a Hulk ever again after this I mean that is just pants it doesn't start off on the right foot with the intro no because I completely lost that and it's only when you guys told me that that was actually the precursor to the actual film if you hadn't said that well I missed it anyway because I didn't watch it again well the Ang Lee version that had Eric Banner playing Bruce Banner that was named David Banner which we'll get into later (laughs) is, is, is worse however what it does do is take a little bit of time to explain and uh, how he ends up getting, well, in their version of it, not the comic version, but they explain how he ends up getting gamma radiation. Yeah. Your point is well placed in so much as we're supposed to, in the introduction, understand. Yeah. And the other thing, which I'm going to explain why this film sucks balls, (laughs) is because, unfortunately, the studios, not Marvel, but but Universal, allowed Belen Norton to write and screen, write the screenplay for it. So that's all him. So if you want to blame someone, blame Bell N. Norton. Mm. Um, and b- because exactly all the things that you're saying that you are used to in a Marvel film are exactly right. And, and to Marvel had no control. They mm. just, the Universal thought he would be a big draw for film goers because it was on the back of a couple of films that he'd done. And they were probably good, decent films. I can't remember the ones at the time. Sleepers he's done. Sleepers he's done. He did the one where he was in with... He played someone who'd been convicted of killing someone and he played it down. He was a bit suffering with mental issues. Yeah, and, it's yeah. schizophrenia, was yeah. it? I can't remember what that one is. That's a no, brilliant film. That is a, a prime suspect. Prime, yeah, it's yeah, something, something like, like that, that yeah. yeah. Well, he was on the back of that. He was in with one with... Um, not Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, where he played a thief. And I think he also wrote the screenplay for that. And, and But he kept asking for more money. And he was a complete knob. So that's the reason the film isn't as good as what you'd expect from Marvel, because Marvel had no creative control. They just churned this out, and the Universal went, yeah, you can use the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, because we've watched the last three, you you don't have an expectation that you're going to get a full perspective of the character within the opening credits, so it was not expected that that was going to happen. So if you've watched in chronological order the other films as we watched, we're watching, that was confusing. Because that story should have been told throughout the movie, not in the first two minutes or ten minutes or whatever it was. As a non-comic book reader, the appeal from Iron Man is that they go to great lengths to explain him and his background and him as a person quite in detail throughout the film. And actually that sort of beginning first half an hour is very much that way. You're setting the scene for the character, yeah. This one doesn't do any of that, does it? In fact, they try and squeeze it in the intro, not in a particularly clear manner. No. And if you don't know anything about this character, you... you... Flew over my head. Belen Norton. (laughs) Would would the film have been considered better had they done that intro properly? So let's say they had spent half an hour giving you a background to the character. Would that have made the film that you then experienced any better? No. <laughs> I think if, if Universal had had 
bear in mind, there's a lot of things taking place in 2008. It's the second movie, and Marvel, as you said, haven't found their footing yet. But even Iron Man sets up how they do movies, because I know we're doing it in, in chronological order, so if you think about how it sets up Captain America, there's a preamble to where he's come from. So you know a little bit about Captain America, even if you don't know Captain America in general. Mm. So that's but that's Marvel controlling that vehicle, yeah. as is Iron Man. When you get to Universal saying to Marvel, yeah, you can use the Incredible Hulk as part of your phase, and then Edward Norton says, I'm not going to be in it unless I write it, and unless I get, um, I get creative control over what happens, who does this, who does that. He also, I think he gets a uh, producer credit as well. So not only has he got writing control he's got control of what happens in the movie which is a lot of control to give yeah. someone because they're an arsehole so if Marvel had said like they did with the Ang Lee, well they didn't do the Ang Lee one either they had nothing to do with that and that was that's 2002 so if the Ang, the Ang Lee movie had done something similar where they did a little bit of exposition and Marvel had the control you would have ended up I guarantee it with another Iron Man type film as in you know, the way that you, you like it. What were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I was smiling when you went arsehole because I was thinking of that memory pen that he swallowed. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Later on in the... Yeah. Oh, Lord. Just plug him in. Well, I was just hoping it... I would have been hoping he didn't come out sideways. No. Oh, but it, came, it came out when he was Hulk. <laughs> we made it like a polyp. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got like proper piles and he's like, because I mean, you say don't strain, don't they, when you're going to toilet? In other news, <laughs> is one of the major problems with this film the complete lack of giving a shit about making sure that things make sense or are done yes. properly? Yes, yes. You're going to talk about clothes, aren't you? Uh, well, I, I mean, dressing the way I dress, I have no right to comment on any form of clothes. No, no, but no. You, you, you explain Well, before it. you do, tread very carefully on the clothing, because I actually have an explanation for what you might be bringing up as clothing. What? The, the fact that you can be a human size and then you become a giant size and just your pants rip and you don't become completely naked. How is that logical? Because the pants are made by where Mr. Fantastic to make them super stretchy yeah but that's not explained at all not in the film not at all you can't just make that shit up bearing in mind welcome bearing in mind me and Ish don't read the comics you can't tell us that that's the thing yeah without, without an explanation explain yeah because otherwise we reach that conclusion it's fine you telling us that now but there'll be people listening to this who oh, I agree you're right and no I, it is but to be fair those are things that you probably won't need to know the, the important thing is well, you do need to know because it, it, it doesn't make sense. Have you never yeah. woken up in the park naked? Well, lots of times. Just but... me then. <laughs> but no, you're right. the The clothing, particularly, which is which is more of a uh, issue, is the fact that the trousers stay on. I imagine you don't want to see a bell end, bell end, do you? I, think... I mean, no. But it should make logical sense, or there should be something, as we said, that alludes to the fact that this is the reason why it happens. My major bugbear of any film is if I have to read the material source to understand the what film the I'm watching. Because yeah. if, if otherwise you should have as a, as a precursor warning, when I go to buy a ticket to the film, it should say, if you haven't seen read the book or if you haven't played the game, then you will not want to watch this film because you won't get it. Uh, at which point I'll go, okay, I'll keep my hard earned money for a film, which I will get. If you want me to part with my cash 
or I part with my cash and you haven't told me that I need to read every Hulk bloody comic in order to fully immerse myself in all of the DNA of this character and then give me a film that doesn't fill in the blanks or doesn't at least give me the basic information and therefore when I'm watching it, it makes zero sense. I, as a Yorkshireman, are going to come out feeling really pissed off that I've spent far too much money watching crap yeah, but that's how I felt about the opening credits as well, and then it just continued to be ludicrous, which is why I've lost interest pretty quick. That was all in the first five minutes of the bloody film. We we we. we <laughs> I'm speechless. Norton Latham has already mentioned his feelings towards the individual himself. What did we think, Tim? And I'm going to split this up into two parts. What did we think of him as Bruce Banner? And then we'll go on to what we thought of him as Hulk. And indeed the design of Hulk and the characteristics of Hulk. So let's start with Bruce Banner. What did, what, what were your feelings towards old Brucey-ish? I have no feelings towards Bruce Banner. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Why? Um, because I didn't get his story backstory enough at the start of the film and so he was just a guy that just turned green and he was a bit weak he was too skinny and not skinny in a nice way like Captain America, he was just skinny pathetic which was not nice and then he just got really angry and turned into Hulk, I didn't really like it. You say say not skinny like Captain America but he's 8th in your top (laughs) 10 Yeah, I know that, but he didn't have the ch- he didn't have the charm of Captain America, even if Captain America is number eight on my list. <laughs> Edward you, Norton is that, definitely not going to be in the list because he's just too wet. He is wet, isn't Super he? Super wet. Yeah, but let's, let's. What did talk. you think about Banner? Because you've 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 spoken about um, Eric Banner's David Banner. <laughs> So the the God, the, ang- the angly two thousand and two Hulk movie, Eric Banner wasn't a bad casting for the Hulk. In fact, actually, he, he's a good actor. Is he is, and he's a bit more. You, you don't want this character to be buff because the purpose of him isn't to look like he can lift up a JCB axle and throw it across the room. He's not Thor. The same as Iron Man isn't supposed to be buff. He but, has a bit of muscle mm. and he works out. You can see he can work out, but he's not Thor. He's not Captain America. Because otherwise, why have you got a contrast? If you've got the Rock who turns into the Hulk, why do you need the Hulk? Because you've got the Rock, and he's fucking massive. So Bruce Banner is meant to be a scientist just bimbling around, doing sciencey stuff. He hasn't got time for the gym. He's too busy trying to work out the human genome. Um, therefore, you don't want him to be uh, too weedy, but at the same time, you want him to know that the, the, you can buy into the fact that his characteristics are he's just a scientist. But he was too weedy and very wet. It's not about his physical thing. It's just the fact that he was bleh. Oh, he was a whiny little bitch. Proper. Yeah, well, that's because he pl- Bell and Norton wanted to play it that way. And, yeah. that's, and nobody was going to say no because he's also executive producer. Did you think he was I a wet I, I thought, yeah, I didn't think it, the casting was particularly good. Not because I don't like him, because I'd seen him before. And I suppose when you hear stories afterwards, it tarnishes how you see people. A bit like when Daniel Craig responded, you know, he'd rather slit his wrist. If you put that into context, he'd been away from his family for like 14 months. So he probably would, and he's probably been in press junkets all the live long day being asked the same bleeding question. So he probably just said it. He obviously doesn't want to because he did another one. So Edward Norton, you know, you have to take the stories as they are, but I know for a fact that the other film he did 
had the same outcome and it's why Marvel didn't carry him across to re- when they recast him yeah so there's a reason for that and I think that was a good decision commercially yeah do I like him as Bruce Banner now I don't I think he his acting uh, although good he didn't turn up he's horrible he didn't turn up for work on that occasion I think he thought he could probably just breeze by the same reason as like Blade, they had to CGI his eyes in because he wasn't going to play ball. You know, uh, it was the other guy who did it, did did the role just for a payday. Uh, Christopher Eccleston, when he did Thor: The Dark World, he's gone on record saying he just did it for a payday. I think Edward Norton just turned up for the money and then went bye. He's a bit wet. He's, there's no humour either in that no. character at all. There's no humour in this film. Period. He's deadpan serious. It's he's, horrible. He's he's like. He isn't just serious, he's seriously serious. Yeah, isn't he? he's yeah. really self-serving. He's very, very intense. Yeah, he's very intense. He, he just wants to cry about the fact that he's got this superhuman power. You know, I feel so bad about the fact that I've got this superhuman power because I can't be friends with anyone. It's like, yeah, you can because if anyone tries to kill you, you just turn into the Hulk and then no one yeah. can destroy you. Well, it also goes against his characteristic anyway because the reason he ends up being the Hulk is because he puts himself um, last... He protects someone else in the comics, so he throws him, he throws someone else out the way of the gamma rays to take the full blast in the face. So <laughs> you'll know this. No. Basically, that's that's out of his character. That's what he's done. He's put himself <laughs> another meme right there. So he obviously is playing this as if he's like going for an Oscar win. <laughs> You're getting the death stare right now. Hashtag bothered. <laughs> what about the Hulk then? Because I think we've all established that we thoroughly hate Banner. He's a bellend. Banner's, Bruce Banner's great. Yeah, but... Edward this, Norton's a bellend. <laughs> and Edward Norton plays Bruce Banner like a bellend. Yeah, both bellends. What about the, the Hulk? Because, I mean, obviously we, we can never talk about the deep and meaningful... Uh, soul-reaching storyline of Hulk. So it's not really him as a character, is it? However, the design... We'll talk about this to a degree um, because the design of Hulk in this one is different to what we will see in the future. Mm. So what what, what did you... We'll start with you, Ish. What did you think about what I can only describe as Hairy Hulk? Shit. I will. I will look forward to editing this because I think this is going to be really short. <laughs> Shit, it's boring. It, Why don't you like him? Unrealistic. Not. A green, massive things unrealistic for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. She had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some aliens in the previous films okay. that were very realistic, like the scroll. I think what weirds me about the Hulk in this film is that he's got a head of hair like those babies that sometimes pop out where they've got a prop head head of hair. And you go, hmm, I'm sure I'm supposed to look at that baby and think that's cute, but there's something slightly weird about a child that's just literally popped out of the inside of a human being and has more hair than I have. The the CGI just wasn't great, was it? No. It was poor. It was poorer than Captain America, Chris Evans is on the body thing that bothered me for a little bit but then didn't but this bothered me the entire way through I think he felt too human yeah I think they'd well I think it's absolutely spot on with regards to the special effects and the CGI because again it's not Marvel Studios running the show 
I mean, I'd even argued that Edward Norton said, I'll do it in Photoshop or something. <laughs> and he went, all right, Edward, you're paying all the money. We're paying you big bucks. Just whatever you want, mate. He probably went, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just wear a green suit and you can just paint that in. So I probably think that's part of the reason. Um, but the other thing as well, if you'd have seen the Ang Lee version, that was even worse because I think Ang Lee just spent the time running around being angry, pretending that basically the CGI people modelled it on him. Okay. Um, so it's come a little bit of a way. But the best decision by far, whether they own the rights to it commercially or they don't, Jibbing is what off. they've done with it now, yeah. Well, yeah. jibbing off, re- recasting it, but actually doing it. I mean, can you talk about it? It's mostly spoilers. I think we can because uh, we're not spoiling any storylines and I think if anyone's watching these films, they're probably aware that uh, they change mm. the casting of the Hulk and redesign him as well, don't they? Yeah, the best thing that Marvel did is model the Hulk's transition on Mark Ruffalo. That's it. You've just that's what was missing from my brain in talking about the Hulk. It's that they look the same person, don't they? Yeah. That Hulk doesn't look anything like Edward Norton. No. Just be a bigger bell end. <laughs> just be a big bastard bell. Whereas uh who is it who plays Mark Ruffalo? The, Mark Ruffalo. The Hulk in the future movies. Mark Ruffalo when he's playing Bruce Banner and Mark Ruffalo when he's playing the Hulk look the same. There's multiple things and we'll perhaps go through these. Um there are multiple things in this film that just make it ridiculous and stupid because it belies all logic and I, perhaps this is why you and I have reached the same conclusion that it's it's a a pap film. So we've got how many claws does Banner go through? Oh loads. In fact he probably buys them from Oxfam now because they're just cheaper to get, aren't they? Primarni. Primarni. Primarni, yeah. Um we've got the fact that uh whenever he turns into the Hulk and people want to catch him, there seems to be zero consideration oh, my God. for anyone or anything else. Not only that, they try the same shit every time and it still doesn't work. Guns do not kill the Hulk. Stop shooting that shit. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. They just kept on firing those I missiles. Was like, yeah. Bigger and it's ones. the army. I mean, catch catch the drift. It didn't work. Well, we're still one of the scenes. They're in a hut. They're on a, a university campus. Yeah. Just and they're firing just firing missiles, yeah. irrespective of the fact that there might be a, a student, a, a very conscientious and hardworking student who might have the cure for cancer rattling around in their head, wandering from lecture to lecture, only to be blown up by a loose missile that's been fired in their random direction by an army who gives zero <laughs> fucks about. Yeah. Anyone else in that vicinity? Ridiculous. Seriously ridiculous. What did you think, Liz? No, I agree. Obviously, when they're trying... To, well, when they had the... Particularly the scene you're talking about with the campus, when they had, they had a helicopter as well, didn't they? Yeah, they Helicopter did. gunship. And so, tanks. I mean, they're yeah, just tanks. shooting that shit everywhere. <laughs> then then the, the guns were obviously bouncing off him. Yeah. You would have thought, as you say, I can't say anything different, that you probably would have just stopped shooting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or come up with... See, this is the thing that Marvel would have done. Marvel would have gone, bullets don't work. Save yourself filming that scene. (laughs) However, one of our Avengers has come up with a a special type of bullet. Hawkeye's got an arrow. Yes. And all we're going to do... This is what was missing. Well, we've got... What's his face? Um, Abomination. Abomination. And actually, what would have been better is that the army try and lay traps to funnel neck the Hulk to a certain location where abomination yeah. 
and and it might be that they try him as as the human version first, and then that fails, so they upgrade it, and they just you know it's like a trial and error as to when how they're able to combat the Hulk and doing it that way. Whereas they didn't, they just keep on randomly firing stuff until something works, and which it didn't. It didn't. Nothing. No. The thing with the thing when they were trying to get Emil Blonsky, what they're trying to do is super soldiers. The whole as per usual government experiments. Um, MK Ultra to note one don't work very well so the reason Abomination ends up being there is nothing to do with the governments other than a rogue soldier who wants to be better than he is and can't wait so he takes all of the serum and ends up being Abomination which then the government can't control so that's the reason that happens but what they were aiming for is super soldiers again um, can I just say I was quite the only second only thing I was excited about this movie was the introduction of Abomination because you keep talking about him later and I was like who's Abomination who's Abomination I was like oh my god it's Abomination but that was it what did you think about Abomination <laughs> then it's Tim Roth's character isn't it mm-hmm. what did you think of I, Abomination I liked Tim Roth as a as an actor think he's he's alright isn't he he's not bad I don't know he plays a very similar person in all his roles I know but I mean he's not he's a wide not, and diverse he character. hasn't got a, he hasn't got a broad a range, range has yeah. he yeah. Yeah, no he like, is right actually but he does play them very well the in, one type yeah <laughs> the cockney and, geezer although yeah. he did start off with a dodgy American accent yeah he did and he? then it we transformed didn't, actually I'm surprised you haven't mentioned that because that was one thing we did one men- of you two actually, picked up on he, yeah we both did actually because he starts off Yankee pseudo American, yeah. and then, and then, then just gives he up. just goes, <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, I can't do it. I can't I only do Cockney, I can't even do Northern <laughs> and English. It up, exactly. Oh, white me, I'm oh, a nation. <laughs> I wasn't pairs. Yeah, yeah, Let me co- break your stairs. Yeah, it's like Cockney, Cockney, Cockney slang. Oh, oh shit. hello. <laughs> there you go. That's what you well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can I have some jelly deals? Yeah, but in a in a shit film with lots of shit characters, he, he shone a little bit brighter than everyone else, let's be honest. Well, again, on the, on the success of Reservoir Dogs, mm. so you've got some big hitters on you. See, what the idea is from a money making point of view before you have the juggernaut that is Marvel slash Disney. Yeah. You've got Universal, who's trying to go, how do we get people to turn up at the cinema? And it's all about the names. That's why you have that many criticisms for people who go, well, you ain't going to cast people if you don't know who the fuck they are. So it's all well and good. I mentioned it in the Shang-Chi review. It's all well and good having these people, but I bet you couldn't name who they've been in. Yeah. So what they do is they purposely cast these people because they know someone's going to go and see Channing Tatum or... Hugh Bloody Laurie or whatever the name is they're going to see him because they're massive names that's it that's all the reason it's just yeah. about the old money so Tim Roth great actor on the back of Reservoir Dogs yeah. and Bel Air Norton he was actually a good character in this he was probably one of the few characters that I actually really bought Agreed. into I thought he would you he played would, it well even without knowing any backstory to the guy you kind of understood why he he was already a, a mean fighting machine yeah and you can understand why he wanted to upgrade because he didn't like losing a fight. Yeah. And then when he kept on getting his ass kicked, he kept on wanting an upgrade and an upgrade and an upgrade yeah. until eventually he turns into Spot abomination. On. Spot on. Yeah. And 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 that actually makes sense. And because he was so mean and horrible about it all, and and quite dare I say brave, when when he was sort of the human form of abomination and Hulk's weighing down on him and smashes him into that tree. I'm not sure I'd have been standing there. Well, that's a turning point of him, isn't it? Because what you've just said there is the, the movie trope that you see across lots of films where you have a 
usually a military police type person who wants to get the baddie, whatever. But because he'd been injected with the serum, he was getting that sort of circular thing where he was seeing how powerful he was because he was having a good fight with him considering he's still in, as you say, human's form. He was getting off on the fact that he was actually going toe-to-toe with the Hulk until the Hulk threw him into a tree and killed him, essentially. Mm. They then resurrected him, gave him more serum, which basically body started turning into all sorts of God knows what. That was a turning point. That's like me in the morning, that. Without your caffeine? (laughs) Yeah, Um, well, just in the morning, period. Even if you give me caffeine, it still takes a couple of hours for me not to be the abomination. So, so, So he was already on an end road to that outcome because he's, he's basically uh, one of these military people who just yeah. wants to get the job done. Yeah. It's like the the, 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 the the detective that doesn't know how to close the case or the policeman with the, the villain who gets away. They want to get it done. Yeah. So he ends up overdosing on what ends, ends up being the, the leader yeah. um, near the end of the film. So mm. Abomination is a creation of his own un- inability to let go and the military pushing for super soldiers that ultimately they can't control. Yeah. Um, shitty CGI with him as well, to be honest. Wasn't really that They've improved with the it now, haven't they? Yes, with Abomination. But his character, as you both rightly say, was the one that you at least understood why he was doing what he was doing and you were kind of invested in it. Can we also mention Liv Tyler, who normally I love? Well, we'll come to her in a second. I wanted to say the interesting thing about Abomination is he isn't killed at the end. Now, I won't. we, we won't elaborate because it's something in the future, but Abomination does reappear and technically still on the, the chessboard, so to speak, in the Marvel world, isn't it? He is. Which, given we quite like the character, even in this shitty film, still is quite an exciting prospect. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time, one of the takeaway points was Abomination and Tim Roth's portrayal of the character. Fans love that. Although one of the questionable moments in the film is his CGI'd six-pack, which is pretty grim. Edward Norton there with his pen, his stylus. I'll draw them in. All right, Edward, crack on. Uh, now, before we do Liv Tyler, mm. um, I wanted to stick with the baddies because, of course, we've got General Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. What did you think about General Thunderbolt Ross? A prick. <laughs> she, she's not giving There's you anything to work with here, is she? There's no. a theme. Well, I mean, he's obviously supposed to be a prick because he's a bad guy. He's but, also a general in the army. Yeah. But are you talking about how he was played, what part he played in the story, or just him as a person? Well, he's a pretty shit general, to be honest, because he's getting people to shoot shit at something that's not getting killed, and he continues to do it. Can I just and say he's, he's a general? <laughs> <laughs> and he has a complete disregard for his daughter, and he's not doing the necessary due diligence, in my humble opinion, that he should do in order to get rid of a baddie. So, and he's trying shit. to weaponize something that is uncontrollable. Yeah. Because, bear in mind, you've just seen the Hulk, which turns into an uncontrollable monster. And then you he just wants to create an abomination. That. Yeah. And then wonder why the hell shit hits the fan at the end of it. I mean, what an idiot. Well, what he's aware of is the super soldier program yeah. from Captain America, and he knows it works. What he's trying to do is replicate that. Now the oversight is the American government. He's not doing. He's not, he hasn't gone rogue. He's actually been given. I know, but he that. knows it didn't work. Well, it did Bruce though, didn't Banner. it? Well, no, no, Bruce Banner wasn't never meant to happen. That was an accident. No, no, but so the serum that he's using, that Bruce Banner's working on, isn't actually anything to do with uh, how the Hulk is about. The, the problem becomes that 
he sees the Hulk. He's got the super serum and he's trying to take what's the, the Hulk stuff and combine it with the super serum. So what he's doing is he's essentially trying to play God. And as we know, it never works. Has nobody seen Alien? <laughs> so you don't need to weaponize things, just let people be. Because the super soldier thing worked out really well. Unfortunately, let's be honest about it. It's the worst kept secret ever because the Russians got it. Hydra got it. The, the Germans got it. Yeah. The Nazis I think I got, got it one Christmas. Yeah. yeah, as a little vial for your yeah. birthday for yeah. Christmas, yeah. so I haven't drunk it yet, as you can tell. Because <laughs> you're like that. He'll just be there with no pants on. Well, actually, he won't. He'll have loads of pants and nothing else. Panty Pollard, he'll be known as. But that's what he's... So Thunderbolt Ross has gone... All he, all he is interested in, because obviously in the comics, he creates his own little team. So he's only interested in having loads and loads of people that can be powerful, powerful people. And because he knows American uh, Captain America worked, he's trying to replicate that. But again, he's myopic. He's been just laser sight focused. That's why he doesn't get on with his daughter, because he's not interested in things that pin you down. Yeah, but I mean, the other baddies in all the other films were much better and much more thoughtful than this baddie. What other films? Um, Captain Marvel. Red Skull. Yeah, Captain America. Really much more thought. Well, what did you choose, Red Skull? Where's Red Skull on your list? (laughs) There's a reason you have a list, so we can check you on it. Yeah, compared to this... You're just saying words, though. Latham, compared to this film, which is just horrible, I mean, now I have a massive appreciation, and that's the whole point of doing this review, isn't it? That we're going through and we're having a reflection of our previous ratings and looking at all the previous films and thinking, oh, shit, probably should have thought about that a little bit differently. Red School's number seven on yours. Is he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross is actually a character who also survives this shit show <laughs> but also doesn't get recast either does he no he's so, a horrible actor anyway who plays him I think hurt. he actually does it I think, uh, I I like I think he it, it, William Hurt sorry William Hurt yeah William but, Hurt has actually been in some quite pretty good roles I, I think he's a good actor and he certainly plays a good uh, Thunderbolt Ross further down the line uh, he naturally doesn't do the great job but I think that's more this script and incompetent directing which yeah. lets him down because again he's he's a good baddie There's, he's quite a complex person uh, not just because he's got this laser focus but it's the things he sacrifices in order to just remain focused Yeah. because that and this brings me nicely on to the strong female character in this film Thunderbolt is she Ross. though? No, I was being facetious. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say. I was opening it up to you to say that Hot she's shit. hell no, she is shit. <laughs> and I love Liv Tyler. I think she's great. She she does, She's another one of those actresses that plays like similar roles. She's always like, oh, let me fairy much. She's always got that she's soft spoken like, yeah, thing like, going you know. on. I've worked with Liv Tyler. Hang on. I'm just going to bend down and pick up that name he's just dropped on the Hawk, floor. Hawk, what is that noise? This is a name drop. Would you like to explain? Yeah, I worked with her on... Um... The actual Liv Tyler. Yeah, she's lovely. Okay. She shared my scene. Um. <laughs> until until the uh, restraining order kicks in, <laughs> he, he, he gets to meet loads like, of people. Liv, how about this? I can't even get my thigh down now. I'm really I'm impressed not. with your flexiness there. Isn't it good? Um, wait till I do my um, Black Widow land. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to get up and shatter my thigh and my knee in two places. Um, I've got cramp in my arse now. That's what, that's what Edward Norton said. So, when he was producing that yeah, memory then. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I would just get that man. He probably had that. He's, he's his method. He probably did shit it out. 
That's why he's probably angry. I didn't do it the first time, right? So yeah. I need to draw, uh, swallow another one. Yeah, the, the director's <laughs> like, Edward, could you just swallow another couple of pens? <laughs> oh my God. Then they were taking a sweepstick to see yeah. how long it'd take. <laughs> how many stitches he'd need. He's uh, <laughs> um, taken three hours, so Steve has won. Yeah. Steve, choreographer, he's, he's, he's got £20 in the pot. And uh, now going back to Liv Tyler, um, yes, I was in a scene with her in a BBC drama called Gunpowder. I mean, amazing. And she is lovely, actually, because she's... I imagine one, her to be. She is, no, she she didn't know her lines, um, and she literally had her lines on her phone right up until the director said action, and then we kind of struggled. I mean, I knew her lines very quickly, but... Um, she's I bet you don't deliver them the same way, though. I'm not sure I'd have the same feelings for you saying the words that Liv Tyler would say. Well, I'm not I'm not busty, am I? So I have to, I'd have to go, ooh. No, it's not about it's the bust. Lips. It's, the, it it's, it's, the, it's the angelic face, which you clearly don't have. Yeah. Because you've been corrupted it's all that, your life. It's, it's that, that yeah. softly, it's so that very softly spoken. I mean, she, the elf, yeah. elfish yeah, yeah, she does yeah, in totally. Lord of the Rings is absolutely her. her. Yeah, 100%. I'm uh, extremely elfish. Oh no, selfish. <laughs> um, so Aww. no, she's lovely, and um, she actually say speaks to you and says hello, which is not always what happens because they're in the zone. Well, it's we don't do that to that's you. That's true. <laughs> that's why I didn't feel any different. I suppose that's, maybe got it wrong. Maybe she's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she is, but she doesn't know her lines. So, Sorry yeah. about that, Liv. So she she plays the same weak character, but in a horrible way. It is so a very wishy-washy. There's, there's no meat on the bone Nothing. for this character at Nothing. all. I also feel like every scene she's in needs to be vignetted and misty because she always says it as if it's like... <laughs> oh, Bruce. It's the eyes, isn't it? The eyes is that you, Bruce? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a stroke. Like, maybe that's why I didn't do it. I Tyler's lines because I don't. I always look like I'm on a stroke. But she's always really gushy and yeah. sickeningly so in this yeah. film. It's like, oh, Bruce, how are you? I've missed you, there Bruce. Is no Even though Bruce just basically ditched her and ran away yeah. with no explanation whatsoever. Bella the first him. thing I would have done is punch him. Yeah. Well, he wrote that into the script and she wrote said, no, I'm not doing that. What was in no punching? No, I'm joking. But no, he, he, wrote, well, he wrote the script, so she probably would have punched you. But in this scene, I think that, um, I think I'd probably punch you. And Bella Norton went, no. She probably wanted to punch him because yeah. she lost the sweepstake of when that USP was coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Ed? He's on the low, he's rewriting. <laughs> he's taking the USB pen thing out. Yeah. You two are too obsessed with that USB pen, by the He's way. He's now got anal bleeding. Well, the irony is he doesn't even produce it that way, does no, he? He, he just, swallows it. It stays in his stomach. And then he it up. It stays in his stomach yeah. for how long? And then he throws it up. I mean, I'm not being funny. How how does that even work? If you were to swallow is something... Is that biologically possible, is what you're asking? Basically. Yeah. I mean, by the time you want to reproduce it a couple of hours later, there's only one way that's coming out, and it ain't through your mouth. <laughs> that's through your sphincter. <laughs> Well, it might be coming through your mouth if it's that... What's that film where they stitch everyone together? Oh, the human sense. Yeah, that's when your arse is your mouth. <laughs> Have you seen that, by the way? No, I, I just can't bring myself to watch I've it. I've seen it. I did rent it, looked at the... You, you. I rented it because I, I wanted to see what it was that it was talking about. Looked at the CD and then... Uh, sorry, the DVD, and then very quickly convinced myself that it's not something I wanted to no. expose myself to. The funny thing is, is if you watched it, you'd probably, hire, you'd probably rank it higher than the Hulk. <laughs> anything would be ranking yeah. higher than the Hulk right now so she she's not a good not portrayal of a female no. lead role no very disappointed and I'm a big lover of you get Liv. no backstory though do you nothing well I mean just to give you an idea 
tell us what you know about that character. Um, well, given that I've missed the beginning part where it was all the backstory, she's obviously pissed with her dad. She thinks that the Hulk has gone and then he suddenly reappears and she obviously loves him and wants to protect him. And uh, the end. <laughs> that's, that's a fair synopsis. Yeah. We don't even go into her expertise as a scientist because that's what she is. She's yeah. a she is she's a very intelligent scientist, a very gifted scientist because she worked with Banner in doing the thing that they were doing. Yeah, you get none of that, do you? Lost no. it. No. But you do in the two thousand and two one, which is why really what they should have done is done a kind of a. A uh, hybrid of the two. That's a weird thought. Not with Tyler's lips. <laughs> and a USB protruding out of them. <laughs> Let the USB go. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> he's coming out sideways. Oh, God. What, if, what if Liv Tyler's lips were his arsehole? Stop it! <laughs> It'd be a bit more padded, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the visual I'm not going to unsee ever. Well, they will. <laughs> There aren't that many other characters, really, of any interest. Soldier whatsoever. 5 was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Lou Ferringo. Uh, Ferringo? No. Fregno. Fregno. He's a cameo, anyway. He's yeah. a cameo, which is worth mentioning just because he was the original Hulk. And he was an actually brilliant Hulk, because I remember him when I was a kid. But beyond that, there isn't a big cast here at all. Because it's a shit film. <laughs> Don't bother watching it. Um... Yes, uh, what, what other notes have I got here? So I have got... Ooh, let's have a look. Um, I've got... He goes through clothes like I did in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> the, these are the spur-of-the-moment notes that I was making whilst we were watching this. Uh, I've got... She's She's got, as in Liv Tyler's character, who is Betty Ross, has Mark Latham's mobile phone. Do you remember? It, it, it hasn't dated well, this film, has it? No, With the tech. It's true. You've got the proper old school computer screens that are yeah. 15 metres deep. And yeah. they're, they're deeper than they are width-wise. Yeah. There's more components at the back than there is screen. Yeah. <laughs> and a mobile phone, which you need to use both hands to lift, which is matches the mobile phone that Latham still uses. <laughs> it's true, it's not modern day technology. <laughs> Because of the NSA. Yeah, you never know. I always like burn phones, just snap them up and throw them in a bin. Love but it. also, like, you know, like Apple going down. A kid. Well, I never went down. A caveman would look at his phone and probably find it a bit archaic. <laughs> well, actually, they have found, archaeologists have found cave drawings with my phone that were painted by <laughs> said caveman. Unsurprised, unsurprised. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, what else? I put fat shaming. Why have I put fat shaming down? Probably because I might make some imp- inappropriate comment. Oh, was it Stan Lee's cameo when he drinks and he makes something, makes a comment about him drinking it? Anyway, that was a bit fat shaming. Was it then? Yeah, the what, what is Stan Lee's role in it? What, what? Well, he, he goes through. So basically, in the course of the film, Edward Norton oh, catches. Oh, yeah, he drinks the. So stuff. when his blood goes in, so he catches. Um, he's trying to fix the electrical wiring on the conveyor belt for the bottles that are being filled with this. Ironically, Gatorade and stuff. Yeah, and then he cuts himself, or something happens, and the blood spills, and he runs down to clear it up, and he thinks he catches it up, but some of the blood's gone into a bottle, which goes to circulation, which is how they find him in Mexico or wherever he is. And then the, the cameo for Stanley is he reaches to the back of his refrigerator, drinks it, suddenly has some sort of a thrombosis, and 
they were saying he was drinking it and I'm sure that was linked to that I thought I noted that down because I did feel that there was a fat shaming moment in there if anyone can remember it is messages in I've got Shit clothes banner, we've done that. Uh, Shit clothes banner's a good name. I've put memory pen would come out of the Hulk easier. I think I feel we've done the memory pen. <laughs> we've definitely done the memory pen. Uh, I've also made, he, there's no way he would throw it up. Um, if the Hulk had the memory pen, then two things would either happen. It would shoot out like a bullet, or he'd crush it with his arse, wouldn't he? His sphincter <laughs> would ruin that. Would you not think? Think about the Hulk's massive, innit? And think about the way to attach that arsehole. Well, because there'd be some contractions, wouldn't there, yeah. through his intestines to push it out? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They're making yeah. the actual movements in my hands. That's people. what his sphincter looks like in real life. It's like a fist doing that. But imagine the Hulk's arsehole would be, like, like solid, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, the fact that we are so focused on this bloody memory pen... Yeah, because every time we give you a question, you just go, shit. So we have to... It's this padding... <laughs> Because this show's ten minutes long so far, so come on. Uh, I've put world shit his hair cut disguise. I think that's when they're in the motel, and Bruce Banner suddenly decides to change his haircut. And so she's like, he oh. goes from a, a left hand part into a right hand part. And oh, was it her? She was cutting it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so she she took a little bit off the sides. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, you good? What? There was no change. Like lockdown hair. <laughs> Seriously." And then he just puts a baseball cap on it because obviously baseball caps are, are, are well known for hiding your identity. As a celebrity. Well, I think I said at the time he looks like the shittest paper boy. Yeah. Well, he does look like a knob in a hat. Yeah. Did no one think that he would look not look like? Because there's other hats you can wear other than a baseball cap. Could have put a bowler hat on. A beanie hat. Yeah. Top hat. Uh, <laughs> beret. Balaclava. That's not a hat. Whatever. <laughs> Would it look better? It wouldn't, would he? You wouldn't see his face, would you? That's the point. He'd look like a terrorist. That's the point. If you're trying to hide your identity, why don't you just do that? That's a bank robber you've just described. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, don't, don't forget, he wrote this. So every time they were like, uh, yeah, that's great, Ed. That's it. Let's run, yeah, run that, Ed. Run it. They ain't going to go against it, are they? So when it comes out, everyone disavow him, go, yeah, I had nothing to do with that shit show. <laughs> They're all idiots. Yeah. Uh, on the basis you want to catch, I've put backdraft for fire on plane. I think what I was doing there was um, in before the big climactic fight scene. Um, they were on uh, banners on the plane, and because they're obviously trying to uh, capture Hulk. Isn't that a Samuel L. Jackson film? Banners on a plane. <laughs> That's the X. <laughs> Uh, they're trying to capture him and on the basis that the general's daughter is also on the plane uh, this kind of goes down to the they give no thought to what it is that they're doing because they're just firing like buggery on this plane and gen- just bring it down don't they in the end yeah. I mean it's only it's only Bruce who whose solution is to throw himself out of the plane when he's not the Hulk on the off chance that he may turn into the Hulk before he hits the ground is that the only funniest part, isn't it? That we might no, lose Edward Norton. I've actually got a funny bit here, which is when they decide not to go on the underground. Because? Because they don't want to get him angry, but yeah. then they go in the taxi and he gets more angry because taxi drivers are uh, not p- portrayed as being <laughs> great in this Do you want to be a sponsor, anyone, taxi drivers? Yeah, we didn't slag you off. It no, was, it was, it was Edward Norton. Yeah. Isabella. <laughs> Allegedly. 
<laughs> I can't afford a bill from it. Uh, what else have we got? That wasn't really that funny anyway. No. But yeah. It, it, to be honest, I did actually smile at that bit. That was the only point of humour that I found. Maybe yeah. they wheel in Phoebe Waller-Bridge at that point to uh, do the screenplay. I've put, what is the low battery moment? Answers on a postcard. No one's going to rewatch. It's not the Marvel rewatch rewatch show, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, it is. Yeah, but not on the film that you think shit. This people are listening to this. And they're yeah. going. You just said, don't listen, don't watch it, don't well, watch yeah. it. No. I, I think uh, the big. What do we think about the big climax scene? Then uh, we've been through my very basic notes. But what what did you think about the big fight scene? I think oh, we like... should ask Leighton <laughs> because I'm just going to give you a one word answer. Go on then. Go on, you say it, tell no, them. No, I want you to say, yeah. Shit! <laughs> Why? It's just boring. It's just two monsters that are really poorly CGI'd, just fighting. I and agree with it. that. I, I hate... That's why I hate things like Godzilla. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, because yes. I, I get no... That I, I can't relate to these big creatures just smashing buildings and, and, and getting up like there's absolutely nothing happened. If If... If Captain Mary gets thrown through a building, he probably gets up and rubs his head and then perhaps cracks his neck and goes, ooh, that smarted, and then gets stuck back in. But with these creatures, they get thrown through walls and walls and walls and never even flinch. Maybe it's um, just an indicative of my cerebralness, but I quite like things like that. I love Pacific Rim, which isn't the name of my autobiography. <laughs> It's not specific rimming, it's a Pacific rim. There's a difference between the two, in case you were interested. So, so did you like this fight scene at the end, then? I like all types of fight scenes like that, because it just shows overcoming. <laughs> Going back to the specific, specific rim again. And also when USB popped out. I just like good versus evil, and they're always going to have that type of battle, aren't they? The CGI isn't great, by the way, so I'm not condoning the, the graphics. I'm just quite like the culmination of the, it would have been worse if they'd all have gone Abomination's just got off the Hulk's got off and Thunderbolt Ross is just going oh, I'll get you next time Gadget I like a big fight the payoff may not be as what you I want mean, I mean I like a big fight too well we'll have one later <laughs> you're going to win obviously well, obviously oh, uh, I wouldn't, that- I've heard about his qualifications for fighting I think I'm putting my money on you <laughs> yeah I could have misled him I'm still putting my money on you <laughs> He'll vote against you. It'll be like Shang-Chi. <laughs> That's what'll happen. He'll say that, and then he'll come with a big pile of Brewsters, and he'll what happened there? I voted against you. Um, no, I just like any fight. So I do like the big monster films, but I think that's because I was brought up on the B-movies. I know you two are like elder millennials, so unfortunately you've missed out on those wonderful things. But I like all that. I mean, I'm not saying it was great, but when we sat through an hour and a half of that shit, that was a good payoff. I don't think it was a good payoff at no. the end. It, when when Hulk eventually subdues Abomination, he just lets go of him. Because he's not a killer. Well, I know he's not a killer, but you'd think they might, I don't know, tie him up or do something that might stop him from when he wakes up just doing the same thing again. I agree it wasn't well executed, the thought process, but as I've said throughout this, I don't put it down to anything other than too much power was given to one individual who wasn't a fan, isn't a fan, doesn't know. It's, it's like basically giving Ryan Johnson the keys to the Star Wars throne and balls in it up entirely. Unless you're Gareth Edwards or you're J.J. Abrams and you know the story and you're a fan, it ain't going to work. 
and that's all that happened and that's why the film is dire, dire straits because if, if, if you're giving it to somebody even even if it was still owned by Universal which it is but even if it was still that Universal control and they gave it to a screenplay writer who loved the comics it would have been a different movie now ignoring the fact that they uh, introduced Thunderbolt Ross into a later movie and ignoring the fact that Abomination not Tim Roth but Abomination does appear in another film albeit briefly in the future the only thing that links this to the Marvel Universe in my opinion and the highlight of the actual film is what? Iron Man showing up at the end and what else? Um, what, what else was there? Yeah, you have to tell me. I, I'm going to sit here quietly and pretend that I'm on your side, Latham, but I can't remember either. <laughs> okay, so Nick Fury gets mentioned, the Shield gets mentioned, uh, Stark Industry gets mentioned. In that conversation where Iron Man turned up? No. Before that? Yeah. Oh, Well, actually, in the opening credits that you didn't like. Yeah. All the blueprints of all the weapons that get used on Hulk. Yeah, but that's impossible to have seen that stuff. Ma- yeah. Not for us, because we had it recorded. Well, I did miss it. I missed it that time you mentioned at the very beginning of this that you said the whole introduction to the exposition of the movie was the intro yeah so you didn't even but watch the, the problem intro. Was, yeah, but i couldn't keep it it was too quick one it was too quick and i and it was and only cryptic. after and zoomed out it had already happened that i was like why the what the hell was all that and then you explained it well, he actually but we paused the movie we did because i was like that. what just happened so i didn't actually get any of it so no so nothing so iron man turning up was the only thing and i i'm with her on that because how fickle is that guy there? I am. I'm with you, I, I agree. I'm with this top. <laughs> I am. I, I think Iron Man was the only thing that I feel legitimately links this, with the exception of the Abomination and Thunderbolt Ross, who I feel have not been shoehorned in the future, but reintroduced, yeah. but with no justification from or based on what was achieved in this movie, but rather because there's a purpose to those characters for the future. Yeah, I'm really glad that you agree. Thank you. He does at the moment, but when I get to the Easter eggs, he'll soon flip-flop uh-huh. to my side because it isn't the only one. It's the only one that you saw. Okay. Let's caveat it with that. The Fine. one When you didn't doze your way through the intro, <laughs> if, you, if you go with that, it's the only one that you saw. Yeah. Yes. I mean, to be fair, when Iron Man is, like, literally the last film you saw, you're going to love it, aren't you? Because Iron Man turns up at the end. Well, yeah. But, but Iron Man earned you feel in that way whereas the Hulk hasn't yeah. no but in terms of placing it firmly in the universe there's more there's more grounding to that it's just unfortunately you've missed it and that's fine shall we do the easter eggs first before we go into the my my personal favourite part of the show which and is mine. the where we rank these films out of 10 and as against the other shows we've watched and then we look at whether any characters from these films make into our top 10 Marvel characters ever so Mark shall you I put glasses on I'll just put them on now yeah do you normally wear glasses no for driving I've never seen you in glasses you look very intelligent it's quite unnerving I will just yeah well I'll just put, throw them on so you didn't recognise me Clark, Clark Kent because I was hoping he'd say, "Who are you? Where's Marco?" That's what he said to Liv Tyler. Yeah, she said to me, "Who are you?" And hang on a minute. <laughs> so I did. Bamboozle us. So and I've got us Easter eggs, but I've also got some wonderful information that's additional that I should hopefully whet your appetite. So one of the things that happens across both DC and Marvel is they kind of steal each other's ideas. Uh, case in point: Deadpool and Deathstroke. 
I don't know whether I'm going to steal what you've got in your notes. But basically, go on. No, uh, you, well, uh, I'll only have stolen it from you at some <laughs> point anyway. DC have a villain called Solomon Grundy. Okay. Wasn't very popular. Isn't very popular. Although Worked on Monday. Yeah, that's the, that's the actual thing. Yeah, I think he died on Tuesday, buried on Wednesday. I think that's that's no, that's that's the actual shit thing. out of USB on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> crying on Friday. <laughs> it lived on Saturday. Yeah, bleeding Sunday. <laughs> but but in the comics, he wasn't green. He was grey because uh, and um, well, Stanley wanted him to be grey. However, comics didn't portray the print well, grey. So he became green, and then later on. They ripped DC ripped off uh, the Hulk by creating Doomsday, who you will have seen in um, Superman. Superman. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was the Superman, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's the which Superman? What's his name? Uh, it's the one who. Well, General Zod Mr. dies. Super Mega Buff. Yeah, it's and uh, Henry Cavill. That's it. The Henry Cavill one. It's his first outing as. Yeah. Um, so other information so the big trousers uh, the reason why they're purple is from an artist's perspective as they show up particularly green and purple offer a nice contrast in the comics and the reason why they are stretchy is because they are specially made by unstable molecules by one of the Fantastic Four mostly Mr. Fantastic because he can stretch um, I could do with a pair of them the Me Hulk, too. The Hulk can after see. After a burger. Yeah, after you order your dirty burgers. Yeah. I'm right. After a five, guys. <laughs> Don't go there, later. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, you probably just want to sponsor later. Oh. And not listen to last week's episode. I love a five, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Whilst eating your burger. Stop it. it. <laughs> Isn't it? Whilst, well, it's all right. Well, once I got rid of USB. Stop. Anyway. Uh, the Hulk can see ghosts. Loads of people forgotten the powers he had, but he's one of the few characters that can see Doctor Strange when he's on the astral plane. Why is that? Just one of his powers. Oh, that's a shit power. I know, but there's loads he has. But people have there's no about real it. explanation for that, is there? What other powers does he have? He can breathe underwater. Who? The Hulk. Father Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, have you just turned up? Uh, please welcome the rewatch show. A person why this show is actually existing. Ishtar Ali. Thank you for waking up from your coma. See, it does work. Whale music, usually. <laughs> um, you'll also be grateful to know that he has a great immune system, so <laughs> he won't get COVID. <laughs> he doesn't have to wear a mask. <laughs> he can get served in any shop. And to be fair, no one's going to tell him to put a mask on, are they? Because he does punch him right out. Um, and also, his blood is pretty good because he actually, because of the antibodies in his blood without the vaccinations for COVID, or I say vaccination, the barrier for COVID, um, his blood has actually been used to heal many of the Marvel superheroes. Um, and thanks to the Hulk, he gave us Wolverine because originally in the comics, Wolverine was sent by the Canadian government to kill the Hulk. And historically, it also brought to light Captain America and Thor, who appeared in earlier Hulk movies, so thanks to the early movies that nobody's seen. Uh, but you've seen the original series of the 1970s, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, so we're moving into Easter eggs. The opening credit scene give us references to Stark Industries, Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And also the weaponry that is used on the Hulk later in the show. With you the get whiplash from them doing it. I mean, admittedly, I'll give you credit where it's due, they do fly in particularly quickly and 
it is the world's and with no context for you to actually know what you're supposed to be looking for exactly and also it is the exposition to what goes on uh, Dr. Samson uh, appears and Dr. Samson is a, another character in the Marvel Universe who was capable of fighting the Hulk aka Dr. Sasquatch Rick Jones um, appears and he is in the comics the uh, friend of Bruce Banner uh, and is the reason why Bruce Banner originally got hit by the Gamma Bomb because they were doing some testing and uh, he was in the way and Bruce Banner pushed him into a trench and ended up getting blasted with the gamma rays um and in the comics he ends up being like a sidekick to bruce banner um sort of his 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 friend um so that's he's in the film super soldiers are mentioned which is another reference to the uh, mcu um it's the enhanced agility that's given to captain america during world war ii stan lee gets a cameo um which we've mentioned before there's also a diner called Stan Lee's, which is a th- big, huge shout-out to Stan Lee, who co-wrote with Steve Ditko, the Hulk. And also, the owner of Stan Lee's, a guy called Paul Souls, is the guy who voiced the Hulk in the animated series Marvel Superheroes. We also get another callback to the 1970s show The Incredible Hulk with the theme tune Lonely Man, which was the same theme tune that was played in that series along with the cameo of Luke Faringo who played the Hulk in the same show we get a wonderful fast forward easter egg to Spider-Man Mr. Harrington appears who was the computer nerd in this film who was starring in the uh, in the Culver University he's the kind of nerd guy in the in the lab um, and we see him in Spider-Man Homecoming there's also that scene it's probably in your shakes, but I want to get in early. There's that scene at the university which they introduce in uh, What If. Yes! Which, can, no, you... She, can I not? I mean, no, watch. you still can't watch them. Mm. No. I've only seen one so far. No. Oh, and Hark, tell me, young man, where did you hear that? <laughs> Give him his credit, Paul. No, it doesn't matter, I've got enough. I'll let him have that one. All right. <laughs> but it was Mark's. <laughs> You can't, you can't watch them yet, can you? No. no. So when you've got the Marvel rewatch, you've got shitloads to watch, haven't to you? To be honest, I wouldn't really bother with the what-ifs. I think they're a bit poo. Well. I enjoy them, but I don't, I'm not a big comic fan. Oh, sorry, I'm not a big cartoon fan. I'm not, I'm not particularly, but also because they're not really real, it doesn't feel like it's got any gravitas. No, but I think they do. Unfortunately, they will be implicated in the MCU's yeah. greater direction of where they're going. So, unfortunately, it's kind of... I will watch them for completeness sake, but... Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's not me go-to, but for essential viewing of, of knowing what's going to happen, it's kind of helpful. Um, Captain America gets a cameo. General Ross is a fan of Captain America and has a picture of him hanging in his office. Another reference to the MCU. S.H.I.E.L.D. is seen on a computer screen used by Bruce Banner. Another reference to the MCU. Dr. Reinstein, who... Um, gets mentioned on the label of the container that holds the super serum um, is the alias to Dr. Abraham Erskine from Captain America the First Avenger who makes the who, who makes this uh, well which makes sense when you see them in release order not chronological order so the guy who you saw in the first film that we reviewed that's the Dr. Rand, Reinstein is his alias so another reference to the MCU um, purple pants again that's just as normal trademark pants from the comics Abomination we see who Mark's already mentioned uh, the leader who is a villain 
um, from the comics, and what happens is he gets um, he get well Samuel Stearns basically gets uh, radioactive material bombarded, and he ends up turning into um, a massive-headed genius known as the leader, who becomes a bit of a arch rival slash enemy of the Hulk. Uh, the biggest one, which may have been overseen, is the package that Betty Ross sends to Bruce at the end of the film is um, addressed to David B. Okay. Now, in the TV show, they didn't call Bruce Banner Bruce. They called him David. Um, so it was a reference to the TV series where he was called David instead, which was weird. Uh, a decision that, in fact, was made by the t- well made during the TV show's development by a guy called Kenneth Johnson who went on record saying that David was changed from Bruce because it separated the show from the comics uh, because Marvel tend to have alliterative names but he also later said that it was named after David his own son however in a later interview Stanley and Lou Ferrigno said that CBS executives demanded the name change from Bruce to David because they said it was too gay and feared the audience would believe Bruce Banner was a homosexual character. Wow. What? Yep, true story. See, breaking news. Always. So, so there you go. Um, and then, again, the at the end we've already mentioned, Tony Stark appears to talk about his Avengers initiative. Um, well, technically it's not his, is it? No, it's, it's Nick, Nick Fury's. Fury's. So yeah. to imply it's his is a bit naughty. It's typical of Tony It's Stark. a bit like me quoting stats and information and interesting facts about Marvel and then pretending I didn't steal them from Mark. All me doing that, pretending I did steal it from you. That's it. Well done, Mr Latham. Thank you very much for that. A great job as always. Now, the hard work isn't over because... (laughs) Well, it pretty much is. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do the heavy lifting. Uh, Because it's now time for us to give the film a score out of 10 which we will then rank uh, as against the movies that we watch as we go through. Uh, We will also then have an opportunity to choose characters from this film that we can add into what will ultimately conclude as being our top 10 Marvel characters to set out the ground rules. Any characters can go in and we have a chance to move them around as we go through the film. So, for example, there's three Captain America movies, so where Captain America currently sits can be moved when we get to those other films if, for example, your opinion of the character has changed, whether it be good or for the bad, um, and therefore can move up and down. So, with that in mind, dare we go to Ish first to get her thoughts for the movie. We already know what your thoughts are. Um, what are you going to give this out of 10? Now, before you give me the answer, would you like me to read out Go ahead. the score so far? So, number one is Iron Man. You gave nine. Uh, Captain America came in second seven. Uh, Captain Marvel came in third at six. So, Where's Hulk going in this, and what score out of 10 are you giving it? Obviously last. Okay. One out of 10. (laughs) Shittiest film I've seen in my life. Is it though? (laughs) Seriously. Uh, I ain't getting uh, those two hours back, and that did not add any value to this process at all. Well, it was longer than two hours, because I kept pausing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, because I needed a little bit of background. Maybe I should... Wow. One out of ten. No no hesitation. Look at the hips on there. It's like the body language is just oozing. Yeah, she's proper aggressive, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like hands on hips, yeah. leaning forward. You want to argue with me, I'm going to punch the shit out of you. A little bit. No I'm going to grab that USB and pull it right out your safe sphincter. <laughs> isn't it? One out of ten. I, mean, I was... I was, uh, I was, I was contemplating two out of ten but I just can't even justify it. just split the difference in it yeah what's the average of that <laughs> one yeah wow. I can't I can't justify anything more than that did it give did it add any value to my Marvel journey so far nothing I, I mean that's a fair comment and it's a personal opinion on the score but it is a fair comment so yeah okay lay them do you want me to read out your no. uh, scores? No, I've got them in front of me. And okay. And so, in terms of where I score this, is number six. That's six out of ten. Yeah, but do, do you want to read out to the listeners oh, okay. what your Listen, other sorry, ones listeners. are? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was all about me then. So, <laughs> basically, the scores so far, I scored Iron Man, nine out of ten, the first one. Um, I've scored Captain America, eight. So, no, Captain Marvel, eight out of ten. And Captain America was seven out of ten. So, we've got, so basically, what we've got here is a descending scale. Uh, because this is going in at number four, six out of ten. And the reasoning behind it is because I always mark these on the greater surroundings, which is Edward Norton did fuck it up big time, is a bell end, but I did like the fight with Abomination and I thought that was quite strong. Okay. That was. That, I mean, you know, I could get into all of the stunts and all that malarkey, but I just thought it was... Um, it wasn't as strong as others. I thought I was getting to understand the Latham logic, but you just flew it, threw it out of the water with that one. Because I, well, yeah, but I score it based on other things. I know you do, I? and I thought I was on the same page, but I can't, I can't even get behind that. She cannot. I literally cannot condone that. Six out of ten. What the actual fuck? Buffoonery. <laughs> anyway. Oh right. god. Anyway, opinion. Go on, Pollard. Oh, thank you. Well, that's the first time anyone's ever asked me what I, I know. Think. I was going to say, we always leave you last. Yeah, you do. You know, you, you, know, you could do, as soon as you control this area, you could go first. I know, but I like to be asked. <laughs> well, that's never going to happen, is it? I am going to, Well, let me read out my score. So, so I also have Cap- Iron Man 1 as the top movie, 9 out of 10. So it was a full house for Iron Man for that uh, Captain America came second 8 out of 10 and Captain Marvel got 7 out of 10 so the, we're the same so we've no, literally the scoring's the same but Captain America and Captain Marvel are reversed okay I have America second you have Sorry, Marvel okay, second yeah, okay. Hulk is obviously going in at 4 because it's way by far the worst of those 4 movies I'm going to give it 4 out of 10 and here's how I come up with these scores. <laughs> so, in my head, films that are one and two are utterly atrocious. They are offensive, and I probably wouldn't make it all the way through the film. Three and four are films I just fundamentally did not enjoy and would never watch again. Five and six are films which are palatable, but I'm not asked about seeing them again. Seven and eight are films I enjoyed and would see again, and nine and Nine and ten are films that I could quite happily watch every single day for the rest of my life because they're super mega and amazing. And that's how I've scored it. And and Hulk falls into that. I just genuinely didn't really enjoy this film at all. I get angry, as I've always mentioned, about the fact that if it makes me have to read other stuff in order to understand what it's been feeding me, um, then I'm out. 
So, yeah, I, I feel quite angry and bitter and twisted towards this, and I'm glad that I have mentally dismissed this from the Marvel Universe, and perhaps that's why I had, and I just couldn't remember. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like when you've seen something, you haven't seen this before. No. Whereas I suspect you have at some point seen yeah, well, it. Yeah, no, I've definitely you've seen definitely it before, seen yeah. It. And because I've also seen the 2002 one. And I've seen that one as yeah. well, but I, it, I, can't I would remember. say at the back of your subconscious, there's something there that's given you the reason why it's for. Because fundamentally, it's flawed for the reasons I've been banging on about. Is if Edward Norton wasn't given as control as he had, and, I, and somebody came in who was a fan, I reckon you'd be, you might not give it an eight or a nine, but I'd definitely give it, you'd give it a seven. But you know that point that you made that you, you might not finish watching it. I don't think I would have finished watching this film if I hadn't been with you two. No, you see, I would have done because I don't think it was bad enough. But I, I could get on board with someone making that claim. Not oh. after the three that we've already watched, anyway. Okay, so yeah. our top ten characters. Who's going first on that? Well, oh, I'll go first because it's zero <laughs> change in mine. No one. <laughs> not a single character. Okay, I'll come back to this because I do have a question that will allow us to do some analysis. <laughs> Lay them. Mine is staying the same because I've got Iron Man as top and he is the character I would take from this oh, film. Ah, he's a clever little cookie. Oh, I love it. So Anyone yes. else? So no other thing. The only other one, and it's because of what you said, is Thunderbolt Ross. That's the only other one, and it would be a tactical manoeuvre because I know where he comes into. In fact, actually, well, no, actually you could add him in. I, well, actually, I'll tell you what we are going to do. We are going to do some shifting around. So Iron Man staying as it is, we're going to lose Iron Munger. He's gone, and I'm going to throw in Abomination there because I think Abomination's a better villain. Okay. And then we're going to lose Pepper Potts for now. And we're going to throw in Thunderbolt Ross. Would you not want to move them all down? Yeah, let's, okay, we'll do that then. If it makes it easier for your typing. No, not really. Too so, hard returns. So number nine is Thunderbolt so number Ross. So number nine is Thunderbolt Ross, and then obviously number eight, or what was what was um, Iron Munger, is now Abomination. Okay. And again, the reason for that is because of what you alluded to earlier on, which is um, other information I'm aware of now. Yeah, I'm not going to put any of these characters in, because I don't think any of them deserve to go in my top ten based on this film. Um, and I can't allow any bias of what might happen in the future to cloud it although arguably by the time we get to the point where like Thunderbolt Ross is reintroduced as a character there's that many other characters washing around he's got zero chance of getting in the top 10 um okay so we've got none of those now before I throw out my question to you two which will allow some analysis I'll run through the top 10 that as we have it so Ish your top 10 characters currently stand at one Iron Man two Coulson, three Bucky Barnes, four Talos, five Pepper Pot, six Obi Stain uh, or Obadiah Stain, at seven Red Skull, eight Captain America, nine Nick Fury, and ten of Flurkin. Damn good list that. Hmm. Uh, lay them. Yours is number one Iron Man, number two Talos, number three Red Skull, number four Bucky Barnes, number five Captain America, number six uh, Peggy Carter, number seven Ronan the Accuser, number eight Abomination, number nine Thunderbolt Ross, number ten Pepper Potts. Yeah. And mine, I've got Cap, number one Iron Man two, Coulson three, Pepper Potts four, Nick Fury five, Talos six, Peggy Carter seven, Red Skull eight, Bucky Barnes nine, and Jarvis ten. Right. The analysis question. Ignoring the top ten for a second, let's rank the characters of this movie in your top 
however many you want to quote as being characters worthy of being mentioned in this movie. Let's say maybe five characters. So who would be who would be your best favourite character from this film? Um Abomination. Okay. Number one. Yeah. He was the best one. Mm-hmm. The general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reluctantly, she says. It's really a, a really difficult list. Um, the boyfriend. <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> He's only in it for about five seconds. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in it long enough to fuck it up. Soldier 5. <laughs> he was good, Soldier 5. He knew not to keep firing. I quite like the Italian geezer from the restaurant because it made me want Italian. Yeah. Whilst eating the pizza. And yeah. then, uh, so you Liv- were actually having an Italian. It made me enjoy my pizza <laughs> even more. <laughs> and then Liv Tyler. Was that five? Yeah. Okay. Wow. What about you? Me? Okay, so I'm going to go with Emil Blonsky. So you see, so, I mean, yeah. Iron Man would be first simply because he's the, just because of Iron Man. So I've probably got Iron Man first. Oh, you're going on your technicality again? Yeah, I'm going to have to, aren't I? Because it's still yeah. part of the movie. No, that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good show. You want to, you want to, it's too late-ish, you've missed we that We watched bump. the same film. And in fairness, he did mention Iron Man in his Literally, top ten just <laughs> five then, minutes ago. Yeah. So I would go Iron Man top one. Uh, I would go Emil Blonsky, not specifically Abomination, simply because I think um, Tim Roth played him very well. Uh, and I like Abomination. Oh, that's a really good shout, because I agree with that. Yeah. Um, you, you you are so regretting your top five. You wish Lither had gone first, don't you? <laughs> Every time. I need to make sure that you always go first so I can just be like, Hopping. yeah, whatever he what, said. Yeah. <laughs> ditto. That's literally going to be hashtag ditto. Basically. Boom. <laughs> so uh, that's two, isn't it? I would have the leader as five because I like him and obviously comics and all that. Um, technically, you could have the Abomination as a separate character because it is. Yeah. I'd have him as four. And then three would be Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. So yeah, so Iron Man, Emil Blonsky, Thunderbolt Ross, uh, Abomination, the leader. Okay. Go on. All right, my lord. Well, I have to say, I'm going to take a leaf out of Lathan's <coughs> book because I've gone after him. So I would, Iron Man was the best person in this film, even though he was in for about two seconds. Uh, Emil Ross, uh, Emil Blonsky is absolutely a good shout because he was a, actually a really interesting character. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed him more as a character as the human with the powers and the warped mind than Abomination. So he would go in as my number two. Thunderbolt Ross will go in as number three because he was a knob, but at least he made it interesting by being a knob. Uh, and to be honest, I'd probably, as I've already said, I'd put the owner of the Italian restaurant in at four because it made me hungry. And I'd put Lou Ferringo, Frigno. Frigno, yeah. Yeah, Lou Frigno in because he was the original Hulk and everyone else can go and swing because they were <laughs> dreadful. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that you think about the actors behind the roles. They essentially... So if you, you look at, like, she keeps saying Iron Man's good. If it wasn't for how he's played by uh, Robert... Um, Robert Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Could you see him playing any other character? And the same when you saw the, the audition. Have you seen the audition tape for when... Um, Tom Holland no not Tom Holland the other Tom oh, when, Loki, Tom and Hol- yeah, when Tom Hiddleston auditioned for the role of Thor it looks odd because he's not Thor and so I we- mean but we had this conversation about Pepper Potts and whether or not Gwyneth Paltrow made Pepper Potts or if it was Pepper it wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow no but that just shows you star power the guy who plays Thunderbolt Ross when he was played by another character in he was played by oh, Sam 
Shepard in the 2002. Is it, is it Sam Shepard? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Now, Sam Elliott's good, good actor. Um, usually usually see him doing country uh, western type movies, but you know, you think about who plays those characters. I actually mm. think that uh, the Thunderbolt Ross in this one is played better by the actor than Sam Elliott played him. Mm. And so I do think that even though the script and the screenplay is probably utter pants, the people that make the characters usually tend to be how the actors are. And so I think that's why someone that likes particularly with uh, well Chris Evans and Captain America yeah, yeah and so Tim Tim Roth plays him really really well yeah and that was what fans picked up on and he gets a lot of screen time because it would have been I think a bit annoying if they went straight to Abomination without that evolution of the character because mm. you would have just been as CGI to the max and, you, and you've got that um, uncanny valley situation where particularly with the fact the CGI is diabolical mm. you're not believing it so you come away going I've just watched a cartoon character on screen and so Tim Roth really sells that character yeah so there you go okay guys well let us know what your thoughts are on the Hulk uh, where are we right are we wrong would you like to elaborate slightly more than Ishtar has in this episode <laughs> appreciate the rewatch <laughs> I mean I have no words I'm sorry I don't got that I'm usually really well prepared as you both know I make a copious amount of notes but this just wasn't there for me I'm hoping I am. I mean, you turned up, you get pointed to turning up. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. technically, it is your show, isn't it? So you turned up to it. Yeah. 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 And we still got over an hour of content, so thanks to right. Pollard. Well done, Pollard. <laughs> so subscribe, as I've already mentioned. Getting touch, as I've already mentioned. The next film on our list is what, guys? Iron, Iron Man Two, which wow. is well good. Yep. I, well, I you already don't. can feel it. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you know it's well, well good? Anything is going to be better than this one, isn't it? You're just excited to see another Iron Man movie because well, of the Well, yeah, because I just one. love it. Yeah. Okay. We know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how far Winter Soldier gets on your list. Bucky Barnes will My be gone in five Bucky. movies. Yeah. My By the time you get to Thor, you'll be like, Bucky, Bucky who? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So listen to that. We'll be releasing the Iron Man 2 show two weeks after this one drops. Mm. So that gives you some nice time to watch the show, make some notes, listen along, and let us know what your thoughts are. And actually, if you do listen to it before the show comes out, if you drop us a message, either by email or on social media, uh, we'll include your comments in the show. Yeah. Splendid. Guys, Thank you very much for that, Mr. Latham, as always. No pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for attending, Ishtar. You're very welcome. I will be like Edward Norton is and just appreciate your... Shitness. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And thank you for tuning in, listeners. Spe- I speak to you in, what, two weeks' time? Two weeks' time. Excelsior! Social at the two marks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, check them out on YouTube.